1: At SLRC, they understand your dream to move. Moving up, moving on, moving your body, moving mountains. SLRC can help you find the focus to define your finish line. As a top 10 run shop in America, they use their 25 years of experience to provide custom shoe fit analysis and offer a premium assortment of footwear and workout essentials. Locally owned, locally operated. SLRC is movement inspired. Visit saltlakerunning.com to schedule your shoe fitting today. Host of Eden, episode one, a new threat. So there's this man and he's on a dark road. He's surrounded by trees. It's a winding road. No other cars for, it seems, hours. Every once in a while, as he makes a turn, he can see the moonlight coming through the trees. But other than that, it's just him and his own thoughts. He's in a military uniform and he's listening to his favorite music, tapping on the steering wheel, not really paying attention to much going on in the world. All of a sudden, something appears out of the woods and runs out in front of the vehicle. It's a woman. She's in her 20s. She looks all disheveled and disoriented. The driver of the car slams on the brakes and barely avoids hitting the woman. He gets out of the car and she's in hysterics. Please, she said, you have to help me. It's okay, he says. Calm down. Now just tell me what happened. The woman again replies, Please, they're coming. They're going to kill us all. You have to stop them. Can't you see them? The officer takes a few steps towards the trees to see what she's talking about. As he turns his back on the woman, she reaches out and touches him on the back of the neck. All of a sudden, an object on her neck starts to glow in a bright bluish color. The soldier acts as though electricity is flowing through his entire body. He starts to convulse, and then the woman falls down dead on the ground. The soldier calmly drags her body into the woods, looks around to make sure nobody saw, and then gets back into the vehicle and drives away. As he drives away, a faint glow similar to the one that had appeared on the woman's neck is now on his, and it slowly fades away as he drives. A few minutes later, this car drives up to the security stop at a military base. The same officer is driving the vehicle and pulls up calmly to the security gate. The gate officer asks for his ID, and they exchange pleasantries. The gate officer then waves him in as though there is no problem. The driver of the vehicle, this military individual, drives around the base as if he doesn't quite know where he's going. And he eventually parks in front of one of the buildings, gets out, and goes inside. Inside, there's a security desk and a security guard behind him. The officer waves to the security guard, pulls out his ID badge, and scans the ID badge. But it's rejected. The security guard calmly says, hey, you know, you don't have clearance to that area, right? The officer says, oh, sorry. What was I thinking? I I must have come to the wrong building. He pulls out a piece of paper and starts to show it to the security guard. As the security guard looks at it, the officer or the member of the military who was in the car touches the security guard on the back of his neck. The same blue glow appears on the officer's neck and the officer drops to the ground dead. The security guard then calmly looks around and drags the officer under the security desk. He pulls out his swipe card, goes to the secure door, and enters. A few minutes later, the security guard is looking into a room. It's a secured room surrounded by glass. Inside the room is an older gentleman. He's typing away on a computer, not paying attention to what's around him. The security guard peeks through the window of the secure door and he swipes his key and walks inside. Everything good in here? The security guard asks. The computer worker, hardly paying any attention, says, Yep, just trying to meet another crazy deadline. You know how that goes. The security guard walks up slowly behind him, touches the computer worker's neck, and the security guard drops dead after the same blue glows appear on both of their necks. The computer worker leaves the security guard's body on the floor this time and begins searching for something on the computer. He spends several minutes researching what appears to be top-secret information. After a few moments, another face can be seen through the glass in the door. It's a man in his slacks. He's got on a sports coat and a tie, he looks through the window and sees the security guard on the floor and immediately recognizes that something is wrong. He pulls out a sidearm, swipes his keycard, and blasts through the door. Now, his name is Colby Barnhart. He's a special forces officer and he was there to pick up some top secret information. Demanding to know what's going on, he says, What's going on in here? The computer worker stands up with his hands in the air. He turns towards Colby and says, Wait, I I can explain. But Colby is having none of it. Colby demands that he doesn't move. The computer worker stands still. Colby motions him away from the desk so that he can get to the phone and call in a security alert. The computer worker slowly moves away. Colby reaches down for the phone while keeping his gun trained on the computer worker. Faster than Colby can even imagine, the computer worker kicks the gun out of Colby's hand and reaches for Colby's neck. Colby hits the computer worker in the face with the phone, knocking him backwards. The computer worker picks up a metal chair and bashes Colby over the head. Colby weathers the blow and uses the chair to push the computer worker across the room, slamming him into some filing cabinets. The computer worker acts as though he's not phased at all. He reaches above his head, grabs a metal file that's over the filing cabinets, and smashes Colby over the head. Colby stumbles backwards and falls to the ground. He's dazed, and the computer worker starts running towards him. Colby can feel that he had fallen on top of the gun that he had dropped. It's underneath him and he struggles to grab it. The computer worker sees that Colby is going for the gun, so he changes direction and starts heading for the door. Colby gets control of the firearm and aims it for the escaping computer worker. He fires off two shots. One of them clips the computer worker, but the computer worker manages to get out the door and down the hallway. Colby is surprised by how quickly this computer worker can move because he appears to be at least 65 years old. Colby jumps to his feet, grabs the phone, calls in a security alert, and describes the computer worker. He then runs down the hall following the trail of blood. A moment later, Colby comes blasting out of the side door just in time to see the computer worker grabbing another soldier by the neck. Colby aims the gun at them and commands the computer worker to stop, but they're too close together so he can't let out a shot. Colby sees the neck of the computer worker light up, and then the computer worker falls to the ground. And then the soldier that he was touching, his neck lights up. The soldier looks at Colby with a smile on his face and then starts to run away very quickly. Colby is completely confused. He has no idea what is going on, and he doesn't want to shoot this soldier. But he does pursue the soldier as quickly as possible. Now the soldier's running down towards a military transport truck, where another soldier is driving with the window down. The soldier jumps on the running board, grabs the driver by the neck, and transfers into him leaving the other soldier falling dead and rolling onto the pavement. Colby sees another vehicle driving close behind the Humphrey. He rushes to the side of the vehicle and demands that the driver get out. He's now in hot pursuit of the transport vehicle. It is clear that somebody is jumping from one body to the next. He doesn't know how. He just knows he has to capture them. The transport speeds towards the security gate as guards put down the barrier and aim their weapons towards the transport. The transport jerks to the left and plows through the security building, sending debris everywhere. Colby follows over the debris in the Humvee and pursues aggressively. Now they're on that same dark, winding road. Colby manages to get up next to him several times, but is knocked backwards by the force of the truck, impacting his Humvee. Colby is more determined than ever to find out what is going on. He's never seen anything like this before. He manages to get his Humvee up next to the vehicle and slams it into the transport to try and force him off the road. But in the last second, the driver of the transport jerks the vehicle to the left just as they're coming around a bend. The transport hits the hump V, slams it through a barrier, and, and Colby and the transport vehicle go tumbling down the side of the hill. He didn't take the time to buckle up. He was in such a hurry. He's being thrashed from one side of the vehicle to the other and eventually gets ejected. The transport vehicle drives on. Colby is conscious for just a few minutes and then fades away into the darkness. Next time on Hosts of Eden Season 2, Marion discovers new powers on the Genesis device and Mason discovers that someone is snooping around their home base. And who is this strange figure that has the ability to jump from one body to the next.
0: Well, I'm going to the beach where I belong. It's Coca-Cola nights at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, and Wednesday and Thursday nights after five. Bring a Coca-Cola can and get unlimited rides for just
1: fourteen ninety-five.
0: Wednesday and Thursday nights after 5 Unlimited rides for just $14.95
1: At the Santa Cruz Beach Walk In the warm California sun